Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. We're in this series called uh, Rejected that is beginning today. And one of the things that I've learned to do as as a sports team chaplain, as I represent the sports teams in the city of Montreal, is to give a 10-minute message. Who wants to put me to that test right now? I'm really good at it. In fact, I was so good at it yesterday that the Alouettes won their game yesterday. So if you doubt my ability, today I will prove that I can do this. Let's go. But one of the things about rejection that I think all of us can, can understand and relate, and I think the most difficult is how we can be rejected by our own families. And I really wanted to start there today. And, and, and just because, you know, today is a day about celebrating people who have made a decision to be a part of the family of God and, and, and to have uh, a, a renewed relationship with, with the Lord. And that many of us, when we make that decision to follow Jesus, sometimes we can find rejection from our family. Sometimes it's, it happens much sooner, much earlier. But you may be surprised to hear and to know and to understand that Jesus experienced rejection by his own family. In fact, I'm going to show you in this story how different we have may have understood the story of Jesus's life. Today, we're going to look in Mark chapter 3, and we're going to see something that we may have never seen before and understand it in a way that I believe is going to profoundly change the way that we deal with rejection from our family like never before. You see, the principles that we're going to be able to acquire from the life of Jesus is going to leave us understanding how to deal with that rejection in our own lives. I want us to begin in understanding that Jesus was risen to reign. He was born to do this. And and the moment that he enters onto the scene, he's performing miracles and the crowds just keep getting bigger. There isn't a moment in which Jesus isn't having a hard time keeping the crowds away. In fact, there's a moment in chapter 3, verse 20, when Jesus enters a house and a crowd gathered there and the disciples weren't even able to eat. This wasn't even a moment that was open to other people, but this is how popular Jesus had become. The crowds were pressing in and entering houses where he was trying to have a private meal, even with his disciples. And then the scriptures tell us that something else was also happening in this story. That even though Jesus was risen to reign, 
there was still his family who didn't understand this. And they were actually set in their hearts to reject who he was becoming. They couldn't handle it, you see. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't accept it. And they were doing everything possible in their own lives to try to almost squash it out. Have you ever felt like someone was trying to squash you out? Trying to keep you down? Trying to make sure that you didn't rise to your full potential? That instead of celebrating you, they were there to criticize you. They were there to condemn you. And this is exactly what was happening in Jesus' life. Here he is, the crowds are loving Jesus, but his own family can't accept it. It says that in verse 31 of this chapter, that Jesus' mothers and brothers arrived and they stand outside and they had to send someone in to call him out. And the Bible tells us in verse 32 that a crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside. They're looking for you. And then he asks this question that you may have heard before. Who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. And it's interesting because in this moment, in a moment in which others are acclaiming him, Jesus doesn't acknowledge who his own family is. And people have often misinterpreted what is happening in this moment. And I want you to understand what happens next because we get it when religious people reject us. I think the church has done an incredibly good job at rejecting people. Anybody disagree with that? Like most of us at some point have felt like we don't belong, that we're not good enough. That, that, that being in a relationship with God is just too hard, too complicated. There's too many rules. There's too many expectations. And I can't even begin to meet some of them. And so many of us walk away from God because we are being rejected by religion itself. You know, we just saw baptism take place. And you know what's interesting about baptism? And, and in the course that I teach, I, 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 I explain that when people get baptized, they're joining a religion, they are rejecting it. You see, Jesus comes and rejects the status quo. He rejects the temple system. He rejects everything that was there because he's come to reveal something new. You see, we are not joining anything when we get baptized. When we get baptized, we are rejecting religion and we are embracing relationship with God. That's what it means. And all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, who are my brothers and who are my sisters? Who are, who is my mother? And we understand being rejected by the religious because in Mark 3, look at what happens in verse 22. The teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said he is possessed by Beelzebub. Like he's, he's possessed by Satan is what they're saying. And he's saying that by the very prince of demons, he's driving out demons. They're saying this is how Jesus has the power to do these things. And so the religious leaders are saying he is a cult leader. 
They're saying that he is under the power and the influence of Satan, that that's why demons obey him. And so Jesus doesn't just get rejected by his family, he gets rejected by the religious. But it goes even further than that. Look at how he gets rejected by his family. In Mark chapter 3 and in verse 21. So now we're discovering why his family came to get Jesus in the house. Remember they came to ask for him to come outside? Now, in verse 21, it says that when his family heard about Jesus' rise, look what happens. They went to take charge of him because they said he is out of his mind. Did you ever think that was in the scriptures? I, I think most of us have missed this point where they actually thought that Jesus was crazy that even though he was performing miracles, we see that not only do the religious leaders reject him, but now we're seeing that his family does. See, when his family shows up at the door asking Jesus to come out, Jesus knows that their intention isn't to celebrate him. It's to take charge of him because they think he's lost his mind. This is Jesus we're talking about. This, this is Jesus who actually performed real miracles. And that the people witnessed them and that's why the crowds kept getting larger because they experienced these miracles. And, and imagine that as this happened and as this was taking place, people couldn't understand, but what they could understand was what they were seeing. And what they were seeing was miracle after miracle and they knew that they were in need of miracles. But instead of celebrating that, his family came out to silence him. I look at that and I say, Lord, how, how am I going to reject rejection? But when I look in this story, I see that there's some keys that, that God gives us in understanding how. In Matthew, and, and, and again in other Gospels, the story is, is told a little differently, but in Mark, I especially love the way it's described. In Mark 3, it says that if a kingdom is divided against itself, then that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, then that house cannot stand. And what Jesus says is that this is what it looks like when you're divided. You see, when you're divided, it's because you have let rejection take a hold of you. You've let rejection limit you. You've let it condemn you. You've allowed it to control you. And so how do you expect to build a kingdom? How many people here believe that they are kings and queens in the kingdom of God? You see, most of us would say, no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to be. But most days I don't feel like that. But what God is saying is that if you live by the standard of rejection, then you will never be able to build the kingdom that God is asking you to build. You will not be able to have a house because your house is divided against itself. You see, when you believe the rejection that comes by religion and you believe the rejection that may have come by your family, your kingdom and your house is divided. And you are therefore incapable of building anything that stands. And God is saying, I don't want that to be your life. 
I don't want that to be you. I want you to build a great kingdom. I want you to have a great house. I want you to do great things and experience the greatness of God. I want that for you. But I also know that if I can just keep you under the oppression of rejection, I can keep that from happening, Satan is saying. And so Jesus reveals that this is what the religious leaders were teaching and what they thought. And he's saying, I want you to understand that I cast out demons. I am not controlled by them. I make sure that the kingdom of God is built so that demons don't have power over me or anyone else. If anyone has been held back by any power that is evil, I'm going to come against that. That's what Jesus promises. And then he says something else that's really important. It's this, don't be tied up by rejection, but I want you to tie up the strong man instead. The Bible tells us that Jesus says this in verse 27. He says, in fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up and then he can plunder the strong man's house. And here's what I know. Here's what I've come to understand. And I want us to put this back up there. I don't want you to be tied up by rejection. I want you to tie up the strong man instead. Many of us are being tied up by rejection and because we are tied up by rejection, our kingdom cannot be held. Our house cannot be helped. Nothing is being built. We find ourselves under that oppression day in and day out. And we are wondering why time keeps passing and nothing is changing. And the reason is we have not bound the strong man. And in this story, I want you to know that the strong man is rejection. This whole story is about rejection. It's about how his family rejected him. It's about how the religious leaders rejected him. It is how he will not allow himself to live under that rejection. And if you want to come out from all the stuff that is weighing you down, you've got to tie the strong man first. And unless you tie the strong man, which is rejection, your house cannot be built. Are you ready to tie that up? Are you ready to tie that up in your life? And so then God says, here's how it's going to work. Here is how you tie up the strong man. Here is how you tie up rejection. And it's going to be the way that you don't want to do it, but here it comes anyways. It says, release yourself from rejection through forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is key in being able to bind that strong man. I want you to think about how his own family thought he was crazy and they came to take charge of him and bring him back home and they weren't going to let him go out again. I don't know what they did in those days, but I do know what they do today. When people are not well, they put them under house arrest. They, they put them in institutions. They, 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 they make sure that they are no longer interacting with other people. And I believe that this family thought that he was bringing their family name down. Can you imagine that? They had to interfere keeping Jesus out of the spotlight and out of the community because they thought it was going to damage their family name. It was going to bring disrepute because even the religious leaders felt the same. But here it says in verse 28, and these are Jesus's words. Truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins. Look at this. And every slander that they utter. Now, it, Jesus says, 
everything gets forgiven. And every slanderous word that is spoken gets forgiven too. What Jesus is saying is that I have forgiven every sin against me and I have forgiven every slanderous word against me too. It doesn't matter that it came from my family. It doesn't matter that it came from the religious leaders. It doesn't matter that they want to lock me up. It doesn't matter that every day I go out there and I prove that I can only do this by the power of God. It doesn't matter. What matters is I will forgive them. You want to bind the strong man? It is through forgiveness. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to accomplish that in your life? See, that's the only way that it's going to happen. And, and here's what I know, guys. It's, it's so clear to me now that, that we tend to reflect and repeat the rejection that we have experienced. It's so clear to me now that sometimes our apology just isn't good enough. Sometimes we're the reason why people are rejecting us. I get it. Sometimes people are rejecting us and it's hard to, to wait for an apology from them. But here's what I've come to understand. Your apology doesn't need relationship. And what I mean by that is that sometimes when we apologize to people, and I've made this mistake so I can talk earnestly about it. In the moment that I'm giving my apology, I want to explain myself. Have you ever done that? It's like, I have to explain to you why I did it. I'm sorry, but here's why I did it. And you know why the person never receives it well? Because in that moment, there is no relationship to receive it. You see, the person is willing to accept your apology, but they're not yet ready for a relationship. You see, what's different with God is that he's not just ready to receive your apology. He's been waiting to restore that relationship. But people don't respond that way. And so you have to be clear on this. When it comes time to apologize, just apologize. Because God will then create a path for reconciliation to take place and for a relationship to be restored. Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen to that? Can you, can you agree right now? You see, that's how this is going to work. And God is giving us the steps in how to make that happen. The last thing that he does is that he says, rejection doesn't need to lead to retaliation. In Mark chapter three, in verse 14, he could retaliate against the religious leaders. He could retaliate against his own family, but he doesn't. He chooses to forgive them. And because of that, he experiences something else. It tells us in chapter 3, in verse 14, that Jesus did something knowing that he would not have acceptance from the religious leaders or from his own family. He appoints 12 apostles that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and that they together would have authority to drive out demons. Can we say amen to that? See, what Jesus does is that he chooses the people that he's going to do life with. He appoints them. And then in Mark 3, look at this. In verse 33, when he asks the question, who are my mother and my brothers, he asks. In verse 34, look at what he does. He looks at those that are seated in a circle. And he says, here are my mother and my brothers. 
And when his parents had come to take charge of him, he had a room full of people who had not rejected him, but had believed in him instead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you can bring people into our lives, that when our family rejects us, when religion rejects us, that you can bring people into our lives who can accept us and remind us of the acceptance that we have already in Jesus Christ, that we have in God, the blessing that he has for us. It says this, that he looked at those people, the 12, the 12 that he had pointed, not everybody in the crowd, not all those that were there to see yet another miracle or to receive something from Jesus, but those who were willing to journey with him every step of the way. You see, those were the ones that he needed to be accepted by. And those were the ones who he turned to and said, you are my brothers, you're my family. And here's what this means. It means that we have to move past rejection. And when our family rejects us, here's what we need to do. You need to choose your family instead. You need to choose it instead. You see, if your family rejects you, it's okay, you'll be just like Jesus. But then what Jesus did is that he chose his family. And he allowed himself to be surrounded by the chosen. And together, they drove out every demon so that the kingdom of God could be built, so that their house would not be divided, but so that they would experience full acceptance in the eyes of God. Are you ready to receive that acceptance? Are you ready to have that in your life? Stop thinking about who rejected you and start thinking about who you're supposed to choose to be in your life. Amen, Vito. <laughs> so that we can take the next steps in the kingdom that God is telling us to build, in the house that will not be divided. Amen. All right, let's wrap it up. Would you stand with me as we close? I know that was uh, 10 minutes times 10, but I don't, I don't have a coach like yelling at me to wrap it up. Lord, I wanna thank you for every person here and for the truths that have been revealed in this story and for the way that you have shown us what acceptance looks like and what we need to do to experience that. Lord, you said that you were able to forgive every action, every word, every slanderous word. Would you help us to do that too? So we can bind the strong men in our life. So we can stop living with rejection and experience the acceptance that we already have in you. Lord, this room is filled with kings and queens whose kingdoms you want to help build, whose houses that you want to stand firm and undivided. And today, oh God, we declare that that would happen. And I pray that if there be anything that is oppressing us, that is condemning us, that in Jesus' name, we would be set free from that right now. 
Thank you for today, for, the, for those that were baptized. Thank you for every person here who's been baptized under your spirit right now and for the changes that you're gonna bring about in our lives. Lord, show us what to do next. But I pray it be clear to us all. Lord, we can choose our family right now. And so if we've been rejected by our family, I pray, Lord, I know that's a pain that cannot be healed on our own. So we bind that strong man, we bind it in Jesus' name and we ask that you would heal us, deliver us and that you bring restoration into our lives. Thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do for each of us and for the way that we can leave rejection behind and accept your full and unquestioned acceptance right now. Help us to choose our family. Help us to bring the right people into our lives so that we can build and build and give glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.